turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome to the Jenna Ellis Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. As a constitutional law attorney, former senior legal advisor and personal counsel to President Donald J. Trump, Jenna Ellis believes in the rule of law and the importance of integrity in our elections. And she's ready to tackle the big cultural and legal issues facing America. This is The Jenna Ellis Show. Here is your host, Jenna Ellis. In November of 2020, the Democrats and their allies intentionally changed and ignored state law in the administration of the election. They were planning to pull off the greatest scheme, worse than Watergate. They didn't think we would catch them, but we did. Find out more details about what happened, how they did it, in the new documentary film called 2000 Mules, directed and narrated by renowned filmmaker and my friend Dinesh D'Souza, and executive produced by the Salem Media Group. This is also with research from truthevote.org. 2000 Mules tells the story of the ones who tried to hijack a presidential election. You'll see the actual video surveillance tapes. You'll see how their cell phones were tracked to box after box as they got paid to carry out this illegal scheme. Watch the movie and decide the truth for yourself. Attend a limited release premiere of 2000 Mules on May 2nd or May 4th. Check your local listings and get your tickets today at 2000mules.com. That's the number 2000mules.com. Hey friends, I'm Micah Bach and welcome back to the Jenna Ellis Show. I'm guest hosting for Jenna Ellis today and we've got a very, very special guest with us and that's Morgan Zeggers who is the uh, CEO and founder of Young Americans Against Socialism. Morgan, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, I just want to uh, take a moment to uh, thank you for your contributions to the Young Conservative Movement, everything you've done. You've built out a very successful organization that has changed the lives of thousands of young conservatives and turned them against uh, the impact of socialism in their culture and in their lives today, uh, and it's had a profound impact on my life as well. So I'm very excited to kind of break down some of the current news topics uh, in the news cycle today and discuss with you the impact that young conservatives can have on the 2022 election that's upcoming and uh, on the future trajectory of the United States. Uh, so to start with that, uh, I mean, what a year it's been, you know, for young conservatives, especially those who are working on campaigns are becoming more politically involved. We've got uh, the Roe versus Wade potential decision that's about to be handed down. Uh, we've seen pushback in our school systems from young people against mask mandates and vaccine mandates. And we really see kind of a reemergence of conservative views really picking up the mantle from an older generation. Uh, what do you think their largest impact has been? And where do you think that we can go from here as individuals who are, you know, millennials or even younger heading uh, or in orienting ourselves in the political sense? Oh, my gosh. Well, that's a loaded question. Uh, thank you again for having me on. I appreciate it. I would say that over the last few years, as we've experienced COVID, 
my analysis of all of this has been that young people are either going to be completely anti-authority by the end of this and they are going to be so frustrated and upset, especially with the adults that made them submit to things. I mean, not only did they lose the experience of, of their proms and of their classroom experiences in terms of graduation and, and all of those milestones in life, but then it started to affect family businesses of young people and their elder family members passed away and they were locked down for not just a few months, like was initially promised, but then they lost years and years of school and they ended up paying college tuition just to sit in a a personal room alone watching the class on a Zoom screen. And so I have a feeling a lot of these young people are going to grow up and be very anti-authority after looking at the science, looking at the data and saying, I cannot believe the adults at the time made us go through these uh, terrible decisions. On the other hand, though, I'm really worried that we're teaching young people, especially the younger, younger generations, that this is just naturally the role of government in our lives. And so I feel like we could go either way. I am a bit worried that more and more young people see that this is an appropriate role for government to take in our lives, making these personal decisions. But either way, uh, this has definitely been a tumultuous year. So I'm excited that so many people are stepping up. Unfortunately, it's just been because we've all been so personally affected by this. Right. And that's kind of where your organization comes into play, right? I mean, you founded Young Americans Against Socialism to give young people a voice against uh, what you presumably believe to be an overreaching government, right? Uh, So can you speak maybe to the role that your organization has played with, you know, the mask mandates, uh, maybe the pro-life issues that have risen over the last year or so, and how you've been able to empower young people to speak boldly in the public square? Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I kind of have two focuses in life right now, Mike. I, I have my personal podcast, The Morgan Zegger Show, which I hope you guys would go subscribe to it if you're interested in hearing. But we look at the current events, the situations of culture, politics in our society from um, a historic lens and then from more of a current events evaluating the news lens. And I really enjoy it. But the other passion that I focus on is my nonprofit, Young Americans Against Socialism. And I started it because when I was in college, I had a communist roommate with a poster of Mao Zedong, Lenin, Stalin, Karl Marx, and Fidel Castro on the wall. And she was telling me that her ideas with these mass murderers and dictators on that poster were going to uplift the working class of America, end poverty in America, bring justice for all, the usual feel-good talking points. And in my head, I was trying to think of like, uh, what have I learned about these terrible men on the posters? I mean, I feel like they're bad guys based on the small amount that I did learn. But how come... I don't know what else to say when I'm meeting a self-identified communist. And I, I looked into it. I started researching so much, and I started looking especially at curriculum in schools, and I realized we are being so misled, lied to, and um, failed by the public education system. And then on top of that, by the professors in college once we graduate, and then by the mainstream media, and by pop culture, and all of these political influencers. And so I wanted to find a way to teach what's not being taught in the school system, and then what's further propagated by the radical left in other areas of our society. And I think that personally, the best way to do this is from firsthand testimony from survivors of these ideologies. And so we now have a show called The Freedom Records, which is on YouTube and Rumble. And the first episode comes out in June. 
So I hope everyone goes and subscribes to Young Americans Against Socialism on YouTube or Rumble. We have fightsocialism.org is our website. And every episode each week is going to be an interview at least one hour with a survivor from a communist country. We have at least three interviews already with communist Chinese survivors. It is absolutely awesome. And all of their lessons that they talk about have to do with what is now going on in America. That's the key thing. We aren't just hearing the story of the past. We are hearing their triumphant story of struggle and resilience and independence, seeking that freedom in America after immigrating here, but then also connecting the lessons of history to what we're facing here in America today and what needs to be done to make sure we don't repeat it. So like I said, it's not in the public education system anymore. We're going to just do it ourselves, and we're trying to spread the word about these shows as much as possible. That's wonderful, and that's awesome, and I encourage everyone to go subscribe as well. Uh, Now, I think it's really interesting that you brought up the point of your uh, your roommate having a poster that uh, kind of create uh, or praised or enshrined some of these uh, left wing individuals. Um, do you do you think that America's youth today is more uh, inclined towards those that style of governance, or do you think we're seeing a shift back towards uh, more conservative styles of leadership, more individual liberty, a focus on self valuations and self worth over maybe the collective? that we saw from last generation. Yeah, I mean, Micah, if you just take a quick look at the statistics and you see that, for example, in, I think, 2020, uh, YouGov did a poll and it said 70% of people our age, millennials and Gen Z, would vote for a socialist. That alone is kind of scary, right? And so a lot of people look at that and they go, ugh, AOC and the rest of her crazy young people, they are supporting dangerous ideas. But I prefer to break it down and get more specific with it of, do really 70% of young people want to seize the means of production, which is the definition of socialism? Do they really want government-run economies? And when you look more into the specifics, in that same poll, those same young people were asked, do you trust the government? And guess how many said that they trust the government? Only five to six percent of the same percent uh, group that 70 percent of them had said they want the government to control the economy. And so I see this more so in a very optimistic lens that there's a lot of work to be done, of course, but our generation is being lied to by very radical people that, yes, have read Marx, they've read the ideologies, they've done all of that work, and they want to try socialism and communism again. And they're using confused and uneducated, ignorant young people that have good intentions for America, and they're using them as useful idiots. So I think if we reach them first before they get further indoctrinated and further tricked and lied to by the left, there's a lot of opportunity for us to bring them to our side. Now, that being said, they might still identify as liberal. They might still support Democrats, whatever it may be. But we at least need to get them back under that foundation of understanding the importance of economic independence and classical liberalism, because right now the radical left supports things like authoritarianism, force, and totalitarianism, which is the silencing of other opinions of any wrong thinkers dissenters. So I have a feeling a lot of young people are more so into just giving power to the people, and we have to let them know that economic independence is really what does that. My good friend Mike Lindell, as you know, is a sponsor of The Jenna Ellis Show, and his latest offer is for the My Pillow towels. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and lotiony in the stores, but you get them home, and they just don't absorb very well. Mike Lindell at My Pillow found that around 2006, towels actually changed forever. They started importing them and adding softeners and other things to the cotton that made them feel good, but they just didn't work. So he found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft, but actually work. 
we all love stuff that works. And they are all made in the USA with cotton and they come with the MyPillow 60 day money back guarantee. So right now for a six piece set, which is two bath, two hand towels and two washcloths, regularly $109.99, now only $39.99. I have several packages of these. I love them. They come in a variety of colors. So definitely go and get that today. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels, but you have to enter the promo code Jenna. That's J-E-N-N-A. Or you can call one 800 564 8475 for the great radio specials. Mention your promo code Jenna and go to mypillow.com. And of course, we all want to support Mike Lindell because he's such a great American as well. Well, I, I think that's really interesting because it's a concept that I've been discussing with some friends of mine as well that are politically involved. And, you know, as young people, especially teenagers, the, uh, the stereotypical teenagers uh, is framed as someone who wants to rebel, you know, against whatever authority figure or structure or paradigm is placed above them. And, you know, for the longest time, that authority figure and that structure that existed in the United States was candidly a more conservative structure uh, where we had uh, more conservative values promulgated on the national stage. And it's only really been over the last, you know, 30, maybe 40 or so years that we've really seen a power shift in the United States. And these liberal, uh, this liberal ideology has really come to center stage. And, you know, I always like to ask uh, liberal friends that I may have when they talk about how they're fighting the power, like, what power are you actually fighting? when you have every single large multinational corporation uh, is espousing far left ideology and far left value systems, when the legislative branch is controlled by the left, when the executive branch is controlled by the left, when pretty much every major institution in the United States is united in espousing one particular set of beliefs, a belief system that trends towards, as you rightly point out, socialistic styles of governance. Like, what exactly are you finally fighting for if you believe in socialism for the United States? And and more so when we get down to really the brass tacks of what you know young young individuals, whether they be liberal or conservative, believe. It's it's that they are upset with the way things are. They're upset with how our government is working, the functions uh, of our, our current economic, economic system and the power that has been vested in a group of elite individuals in Washington, in New York, and in Hollywood as well. And they want something to change and they have just reaction, in a reactionary manner turned towards what they presumed to be the method of change. And so you're doing really important work here in showcasing that the correct method of change is not to empower the state, it's rather to empower the individual, to vest the ability to make choices within your Self, not within some overarching group of leaders or other individuals that dictate morality to you from, uh, from high seats uh, in marble palaces. So my question for you really is, as we kind of break through that, that paradigm, and as you point out, the evidence is kind of pointing to the fact that young people are more and more so uh, open to the idea of fighting the power and recognizing what the true powers that be are, which are liberal, uh, liberal indoctrination really across our country. Where do we go from here? What's the next step for young conservatives and how can they educate themselves? How can they get themselves involved? And what should they be rooting themselves in as we head into 2022 and as we head into uh, the next few years for our country? Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, again, loaded question, Michael. Oh my goodness. Um, I would say 
That is definitely funny that you bring that up, first of all, before I answer your question, because I get a lot of attacks from leftists, right? I mean, they call me a Nazi, a white supremacist, the usual attacks that you throw uh, at conservatives, especially conservative women. We get called uh, internally misogynistic and problematic is my favorite word. Um, So I'm very problematic because of my conservative female views. But one of the things that they always call me is a bootlicker, right? That's the infamous uh, accusation that capitalists are licking the boot of the evil rich people. But I can't imagine a greater example of bootlicking than doing something like supporting the government mandating a vaccine that was created by a private company, and then the private company gets automatically paid for these created products by government via taxpayer dollars. And so when you start to break it down and explain the... uh, actual issues that are going on with policies, it really shocks a lot of young people. And one of those issues is the student loan situation. Most young people have no idea what's going on with the government involvement in the student loan crisis. And so once they find that kind of stuff out, it's kind of like their mind explodes and they go, Oh, and so explaining things like cronyism versus capitalism versus economic independence, that is just stuff that's eye-opening. And again, it's not like they were presented this information from an early age and then they chose to just be socialists after being presented all the issues. Instead, they were not given this proper information from the start. And so I don't really blame them for falling for it. I remember many times when I was put through the indoctrination And whether it was normalizing the creation of the Department of Education at a federal level or whether it was telling us about, oh, well, now we need to call it climate change, not global warming, are all of these random justifications. Another one of those is just the empowerment of women, the empowerment of women via hookup culture and um, immoral behavior and then embracing things like abortion to get rid of those consequences from our own actions. And so – As a young woman especially, I can personally attest to the fact that me and many of my friends are waking up to the fact that we aren't happy with how much society overcorrected from perhaps the frustrating situations that were there when conservative politics were influencing uh, political culture a little too much, like in the the mid-1900s. I mean, if you read The Feminine Mystique, we have overcorrected from that situation so, so much that now women are saying, wait, why am I serving my corporate boss at a nine-to-five job instead of being there for my family? Where did we go wrong, and why was I told that this would be more empowering instead of perhaps just finding a healthier balance than being told to go right to the kitchen all the time? So I, I think a lot of us are starting to question what we've been told should be good and empowering for us, and that's very promising for our side moving forward, and I'm really hopeful for our movement. Yeah, well, I think it's interesting that you bring up the idea that uh, of overcorrection in general. I was reading a really interesting article in Newsweek um, about a week ago about a uh, very far-left uh, LGBTQ activist who had been there since the beginning, had been really involved in promoting his ideology on the national stage, and what he was saying is that the most uh, oppressed he's ever felt has been under this new era of uh, LGBTQ activism, that the people Mm. that he presumably fought for uh, for many years have turned against him because he's no longer liberal enough for them. And this is someone that was on the far left of the far left just, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So what what you accurately point out and what we're looking at here is is an overcorrection that has resulted in taking a lot of people that were in the middle and leaving them stranded on an island where they don't feel like they belong really in either political movement in our country. And I think that many, many more of them are ascribing to this idea, both young people and old people, that they are the ones that can decide for themselves what's best for themselves. 
And that's a time-honored principle that has uh, worked for Americans for generations. It's why we became the greatest country in the world was through individual innovation. Um, and why we continue to, to thrive is because of individual innovators who come to our country. And they're realizing more and more that this, uh, this collectivism, this, uh, this idea that somehow the government's going to solve all of our ills um, is not the rebellion that they thought it was. They're not fighting the power when they're masking up and getting jabbed at the request of the National Institute of Health. Um, they are simply another, another cog in the wheel, unfortunately. Um, and I think that, I think that the, the far-left movement as a whole really is going to come into a, a crisis of conscience, as it were, in, tr in trying to understand its purpose and what the future for it is. Because, as I said earlier, they, they have everything. They've essentially won the culture war uh, across the board, and it's only now that the right has become the radicals for freedom and individuals that are willing to, to re-engage in those battles in a way that we weren't willing to do you know, generations ago. And I think, honestly, and I, I want your input on this, I think it really started with our school systems. I think it started, once we lost our higher education systems and then our, um, our public education systems to um, far-left um, ideology, is once we started to see this cultural shift in the United States, because as you said, you weren't presented with these ideas all the time growing up. Many Americans aren't presented with these ideas all the time growing up. It's really only once you go out and look. And that's because our system is not designed to teach you about every aspect of American culture or the truth from untruths or give you all of the facts. It's designed to teach you a version of the facts. And that version is in line with the political ideology. Yeah. And, and Micah, I've got to say, I feel almost disenfranchised because, and I worry that other young people do too. And that's why as we're coming of age, as we're becoming adults, as we're looking at the, the stereotypical normal that the radical left and the neoliberals have created for us, we're starting to say, how is this the, the proper solution for society? And I could see, I mean, I follow a lot of like homeschool, homestead, um, motherhood kind of pages, pregnancy pages. And I can't tell you how much of a trend it is to see the complaints and the struggles that women face where we're expected to do everything at home and be that boss babe, nine to five grinder at a corporate job as we work our way up the corporate ladder. And, and they're saying it's physically not possible. Who thought this would be a good idea? And they aren't asking that as in realizing that staying at home or focusing on the home would be more important. I just find it so ironic, though, that the answer is that it's not supposed to be this way. It's not supposed to be happening. No wonder our society is crumbling because the family unit is the most important thing possible, not our personal careers. And if you look at all the problems in society, you have so much depression amongst young people. You have so much depression, especially amongst 20-year-old, 20-something young women and young men. And there's this phase in life from 20s to 30s that we're told to live it up and to enjoy and, and focus on us and then settle down in the future that it's this lost period of 10 years where we're partying it up like we're children still with no responsibility. And then when we're 30, we are stuck because we didn't focus on what we should have focused on in those important years from 20 to 30. And so I would say we need to have more responsibility, more service to others, more selflessness added into our lives. And that will give us greater purpose. That will give us greater grounding into the world around us. When we serve others, we are happiest. And for some reason, when we look past all the political jargon and stuff, pop culture and culture and even politicians are telling us to focus on ourselves only. And I'm sorry, but it just seems wrong to be doing so. And it doesn't benefit us at all. It creates very unhappy people. 
So added on to that, it's a classic move by the communists and the leftists throughout history when they rise to power to create chaos in society. And so that's another one of the reasons why I like to do these interviews, Micah, because I don't just want to hear about the economic steps. That's the socialism aspect. But when we talk about the left rising to power, there's the authoritarianism, which is uh, embracing force, not choice, to implement a way of life, to implement policy. And it's very, very dangerous because the left in America is embracing that. But there's also the totalitarian which any dissenters, any wrong thinkers, they are shouted down, removed from the public square, removed from positions of power, and eliminated, whether that's in a more peaceful way or a more violent way. And we're starting to see the left in America embrace these things as well as economic socialism. But when we interview the communism survivors, they talk about how the left tries to create chaos, not just in the economy with now government-controlled economic system, but now with gender roles, our primal roles, as a society. And so that's why especially these stories of uh, these pro-abortion people advocating for killing children up into the moment that the mother is dilating, the baby's about to be born, or you're seeing in Target now they're, sell- they're selling chest-binding equipment for young girls to be able to cover up their breasts, or any other crazy radical leftist story, they are adding and creating chaos into our society at the most primal levels by disrupting uh, things like gender expectations. Well, how then does uh, an, an individual young person uh, who is interested in these issues and wants to learn more uh, about what is true and what is false and how to uh, orient themselves in, in the world that we live in, where would you send them to learn more information? What's, what are the resources that currently exist? Because, I mean, frankly, we're not really getting it from our higher education systems. We're not getting it from our public school systems. And it seems more and more that every aspect of our culture has been inundated with uh, an ideology that is completely in line with the uh, with the baseline narrative of the left. So the question that I have for you is, where do young people go? What resources exist out there? And what can they do to equip themselves for what truly is becoming a battle for their minds? Uh, Micah, you are asking some big questions. Uh, this could be multifaceted. So uh, a lot of people, I will say this, I am very much uh, a future homemaker, future homesteader, future um, mother, and I'm so excited about that. And I plan on homeschooling my kids. And I want to focus on creating an environment for them to thrive in as children to become the best humans possible. I don't want them to conform to society by forcing them through the public school system because it's just unacceptable as an option at this point. And so a lot of people say, oh, well, if you don't send your kids to public school, they won't grow up to fit in with society. Yeah, that's the point. I want to change society in my own personal way. And that means creating good humans that are grounded in a foundation of wholesomeness and goodness and service to others and understand what it means to actually keep a healthy lifestyle, whether that's mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally, all of those things. And society is decrepit in many ways. So no, I don't want my kids to fit in in that department. Um, I would say if we're talking about reading and learning the basics, I highly recommend first-hand testimony and initial sources. So don't listen to political commentators give you their opinions on situations that happened, but instead start to watch the original versions. One example is when I'm cooking at night, if something big is happening, like perhaps uh, the State of the Union with Joe Biden, I posted a picture of me making muffins in the kitchen with the State of the Union 
on the screen in my little laptop because I don't have a television, but um, I had it on my little laptop screen because I wanted to watch the initial actual speech and hear the president lie to us, ignore major problems, and say his fluffy talking points because then I could personally understand how bad the situation really was, not what some political commentator inflamed it to be with their rhetoric the next day. But people commented and said, ugh, I can't possibly spend an hour listening to Joe Biden talk like that. I don't know how you did that, Morgan. Well, Micah, I would say that them flexing like that, like they're too good, like they're too annoyed to be able to listen to Joe Biden, that's not the flex they think it is. Instead, it's important for us to pay attention, be aware of what these people are saying, aka lying to us about, and then move forward and be able to talk about it on our own. The next thing they can do on top of just watching and being aware of issues on a very basic level is to read the classics. I love Road to Serfdom. I love the law. I love all of the founding documents, the Federalist Papers, and things like Democracy in America. I have a reading list. It's at morganzeggers.com because people always ask what books I'm reading. And so that includes historic books, politics books, homesteading books, all that stuff. But the more we read, the more we become educated on our own without somebody telling us what to think, the better that's going to be and will be more effective in communication when we're talking to our peers. Because, Micah, there is a study from Michigan State University that said the most effective way to change a young person or really anybody of any age, anybody's mind and their heart is to actually hear it via peer, not via parent or professor or someone talking down to them. And so the more we are able to communicate freely about these things and be grounded in what we're saying instead of spewing talking points, the more effective we can be when we're trying to spread the good word. Um, The last thing is for us to get back to our basics, our our primal instincts, back into being connected to nature, connected to the world around us, and getting back to those traditional skills that our ancestors always had, eating the food that our ancestors always ate, not the crap that's processed and approved by the FDA, not the chemicals that are approved by the FDA and that shouldn't be. All of that stuff that society's pushing onto us, we need to reject it and embrace tradition, embrace our culture, and embrace getting back to the basics. Most people don't know most life keeping skills, homemaking skills, home economics. And I think everybody will benefit if we do that. That makes sense. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And it's interesting you brought up uh, Democracy in America by Tocqueville. That's one of my favorite books. And one of the points that he makes in it, um, as he was traveling across the United States, you know, a, a number of years after our founding, is that the American people were inherently political. Uh, to your point, they cared so much about the workings of their government, that they were listening to every speech, they were engaging at every opportunity, and they were reading everything they could to orient themselves from a primary source perspective. And so if we as young people, especially in our TikTok society where everything is five or six seconds and then you've lost my interest, if we're not willing to spend the time to listen to what our leaders have to say and to listen to the decisions that they're making, we can never hope to fight the battles that we need to fight in order to reverse those decisions and to orient ourselves in light of the speeches that they're making. So I think you make a really, really important point that we need to spend the time necessary to uh, train up ourselves, as the Bible says, in the way that we should go so that when we're in battle and when we are in the fray attempting to lead the nation and shape the culture, we will not depart from, from what was true and what we knew to be true due to the research that we did. 
Uh, so Morgan, I just want to thank you so much for your time and for the opportunity for you to come on and, and share uh, what you care about and what we should care about as young conservatives uh, in the political space. I, I want to give you a moment to you know, tell us what you're working on, what's coming next for you, uh, and anything that you think people should keep in mind as they, as they head out uh, and engage with the world around them. Yeah, well, thank you, Mike, for having me on. I appreciate it. And I love Jenna and, and all of her show. I usually listen to it when I'm hiking. I live in Arizona right now. So uh, it's definitely a great thing to do when I'm working out. Um, I would say I have my own podcast called The Morgan Zegger Show. And so you can go to morganzeggers.com to subscribe to that on Apple or Spotify. And then my nonprofit, Young Americans Against Socialism, is coming out very soon with our first long-form series of firsthand testimonies from survivors from communist countries. And my I've never been so proud of something. We film it in Dallas. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of American Journey Experience or Meticulous, or not Meticulous, um, uh, Mercury One, which is the Glenn Beck charity. Um, he works with some other people there as well, but they have a vault of artifacts and they are allowing us to film in the vault next to the artifacts. So on the set where we are interviewing survivors of communism, there are official first copies of the little red book from Mao's communist revolution, the cultural revolution in China. There is the Lincoln family Bible. There is a ring with George Washington's hair on it. And there are guns from the revolutionary war. There's a document that disproves the 1619 project. There's a flag ripped up that was on site on D-Day. And it is the honor of a lifetime to get to interview amazing people in that set. So we're just really appreciative. That is on uh, fightsocialism.org is our website, but Young Americans Against Socialism on YouTube and Rumble. And then I should also give a little shout out. I make wooden American flags. That's at zeggersfreedomflags.shop. And you can use code free, uh, freedom for free shipping on those wooden flags. We would really appreciate it. It's my family business. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Morgan. Pleasure having you on. I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you, Micah. Legacy Precious Metals is the company that I trust to give you good and patient counsel for investing in your retirement. The Biden administration has caused a financial crisis and they have no clue how to fix it. Oil prices have skyrocketed. And when oil prices go up, not only do your expenses go up, but the cost of transportation and shipping spikes, leading the prices of goods to rise. And when and we are already seeing record inflation. That's the last thing that we need. Our economy is in trouble, and you need to take steps to protect yourself. If all your money is tied up in stocks, bonds, and traditional markets, you may be vulnerable. So gold is one of the very best ways to protect your retirement. No matter what happens, you own your own gold. It's real, it's physical, and it's always been valuable since the dawn of time. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-528-1903 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com where you can download the free investor's guide. You can also go to my Facebook page, Jenna Ellis. I am a public figure on Facebook. So go to Legacy Precious Metals at LegacyPMInvestments.com or call 866-528-1903.